0: Today on the show, we have Gerald Murphy, who I'm really excited to talk about everything SEO, marketing, AI content, and also his work that he does at SimilarWeb as a Senior Solution Business Manager.
1: Gerald, welcome to the show. Thank you very much indeed for having me, Phil. I always like
0: starting with some of these. These are little pod decks. It's a deck of cards. And it's just got a bunch of random questions on it. See if I get to know you a little bit better, and then we'll jump into the marketing side of things. Sounds good. This one looks fun. First question: What's the most annoying bill you have to pay?
1: Actually, I since cancelled it. A Sky TV, it was called. I never really watched a lot of it. I actually found it's all available on catch up. So the most annoying bill is definitely uh, TV broadcasting, yeah, which is now subsequently cancelled.
0: That used to spend so much money on cable and all of these different channels. And now it's, well, now it's Netflix and Disney and Amazon. And I mean, it costs more now than it did before.
1: Exactly. But it was very annoying at the time when it was, it was just a normal thing to do, I guess. And I, I just didn't look at it any differently. And then I kind of think everything's on demand for the most part. So
0: what am I doing? If you could hire any wedding singer, who would you choose and what would
1: be the song? Very good question. I'm trying to think. I would definitely something a bit more upbeat. Having said that, I do like actually a range of music, like from something as slow as Coldplay right up to actually even the classics, so like 70s and 80s in particular. I would personally love Fleetwood Mac. Obviously, it's impossible to do, but something by Fleetwood Mac, a nice classic.
0: Yeah, I think you could go in a lot of directions with that one. (laughs) A
1: hundred percent. And also just modernizing it, too, in the background, so trying to have little dance beats and just remix it, if it was obviously doable.
0: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's a podcast, so everything's doable. <laughs> yep.
1: What's the last thing that you've done that you are really proud of? Good question. Actually, it probably comes back to something quite personal. I love cooking. So cooking a biryani, which is an Indian dish. It's basically a rice dish that's mixed with a range of different spices. One thing in life I love, particularly at the weekend, is proper good home-cooked food and a nice ice-cold beer. What kind of beer is your style? Thai beer so um Singha it's called it's probably I think it's the most popular Thai beer I quite like a, a Thai beer at the start I'm not really into like IPAs and uh, and so on but I, I really do like a I actually even don't mind a Budweiser which you believe here and there it's quite nice to, to
0: just have, as long as it's really cold what's something that's on your to-do list that never gets
1: done I do keep a notepad on my computer and I always try and add to it so there, there's all sorts of random stuff there, but I do have a rule and the rule is if it takes less than five minutes to do, do it now. And that's kind of what I've been doing to try and reduce that down. But it still is just random tasks like improve the visualizations of a presentation, for example, or continue to try and write another article or, or whatever the case may be. But I think it's really just unfortunately gets deep Yep.
0: I hear you. So you're at SimilarWeb right now. Can you tell me a little bit about what you're doing there?
1: Yeah, so I work in the business department, specifically within the solutions team. It's probably quite similar webby in the sense of it's not really like industry standard, like, for example, an NCO manager. Essentially, what I do is I come from an SEO background, but I'm here to help drive the business strategy. So right down to just a few months ago, we had an acquisition with Rank Ranger. So we actually bought them. We're now integrating their technology into the similar web product. But crucially for me, because I come from the SEO background, I'm also just finding out what the users are interested in so that we can actually do things differently. So in answer to your question, what do I do is help our product and data teams and all of the amazing people behind the scenes to create better functionality for end users. What do you think the biggest challenge
0: people are seeing right now then?
1: I think a lot of people have, there's a lot of noise out there. There's a lot of like, which... What am I using for what? Also in their own jobs, there's a lot of asking for requests. So for example, reports, in essence, an SEO manager very much, even in, in-house working for a brand, is almost very much like an agency. So they've got loads of different stakeholders. And I think the biggest problem is that SEO itself due to actually COVID and digital acceleration, which are two very closely connected things. I think the biggest problem is the rise of digital, but also just the inability of actually quickly gaining access as to what digital channels do, what people within companies can do to support those digital channels. So speed, the insights, I do think is one of the biggest issues. I use similar web a lot. So, love it.
0: Uh, used to use Rank Rainter a lot. So, I'm really curious to see what kind of integrations you guys are going to be working on. So, any info that you could tell me that we'll be able to see?
1: Yeah, so it'll be integrated into the platform in the, in the course of a few months. We're going to offer a platform for now. One of the things that we are doing, though, is really helping brands to find out what's actually going on at SERP level. So we're actually looking at the latest SERP features as and when they're being tested. So, for example, at the end of May, the latest SERP feature was a thing called Things to Know. That's now been tested from the end of May. So one of the things we're doing is constantly analyzing the SERPs, the landscape, um, and adding those to your index to really help marketers to develop their content strategies even based on google's own tests that they're doing we got a lot of people
0: on here and they range from beginning seos and marketers to veterans of the industry a tool like similar web do you think that
1: can be used for anyone in any kind of area of their career 100%. One of the big pluses of SimilarWeb, actually, and I know I'm biased when I say this because I work <laughs> for the company, but when you do see the interface, it's actually very intuitive. The platform itself is is catered for all different people from different experiences, but critically, you can get really deep quickly. So there's loads of different filters, for example. There's loads of different metrics on the platform itself. So yes, it can be used by anyone.
0: Where do you think there's that distinction between an enterprise tool and maybe just a small business tool?
1: Well, this is actually what I think is different on the market. I think brands are now, as went, I guess, and in many ways, because it's about digital acceleration, brands are also now starting to scan the market a lot. I think now more than ever, actually, this year, where there's a looming recession, arguably, in most places of the world. I actually am based here in London, the United Kingdom, and our own bank is saying by the end of the year, the UK will be in recession. It's in the G. I do think as well that a lot of other countries will be in the same boat. So I think a lot of budget scrutinies are going to occur quite significantly. Also, when you look at some of the big brands like even Shopify, which arguably supports a lot of small businesses, there's been 10% layoff of staff and um, there's huge big waves coming up. So where enterprise, I do think, is going to differ is there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on what those enterprise solutions are actually doing to business performance. I don't really think a lot of them can justify really high prices without actually starting to think about the return on investment, the ROI of that deal. Yes, it's nice to have lots of calls with customers, but the reality is if we're not evolving campaigns we're not evolving our performance as a result of doing better in the campaigns I think people are going to start now looking at actually what are we gaining from this partnership and brands are going to be now looking for more actions and to get more actions it's looking at actually better data but also better data at scale which is very interesting because typically when you look at the enterprise customers they're set up by website they're very limited and restricted in the amount of things you can see they don't give you free access to everything as well so i think that's going to be a big shift in the market over the coming years too
0: and as far as how the serps are changing google is changing how you interact with websites any thoughts on that
1: Yeah, so, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, SERP features themselves exist to try and help us get information as quickly as possible. And that's literally the aim of search, you know, search to find information. But basically, we've obviously got really complex behaviors. You've got different devices involved in some parts of the world, you've got different connectivity speeds. And actually, what they're trying to do now is quickly and easily present to us different things that are going on. But interestingly, I think there's a lot of different engines involved now. So it sounds weird and nicely, but, you know, when you start thinking about different engines, ranking on different engines. So one of the easiest examples is like looking at Bing news as a keyword and you see Bing on Google, um, for example. But actually YouTube is its own engine, TikTok is its own engine. In fact, when you even look at uh, TikTok as, a, as an actual website, and entity, it's actually growing at a much faster rate than Google. Yes, it's years behind them um, in the sense of it's, it's a newer technology, it's a newer domain app, but actually its growth rate is huge. So where SERP features and stuff really do come into play is really helping people to find information, including from, for example, TikTok, TikTok on Google, which is one of those SERP features that are available on mobile. Now to pivot a little bit,
0: you've been doing this for for a few years and seeing both sides of it. What do you see as the future of an SEO or marketing in general?
1: more integrated, more broad. I think SEOs are still very much heads down within companies. I don't think SEOs do a very good job at evangelization. By that I mean they're not promoting the results they're getting within companies and organizations. They're not also actually training various stakeholders and getting them on board to actually support the SEO channel. You know, arguably in digital marketing it's the broadest channel out there. You know, SEOs touch on technical which can be very related to web developer conversations they also touch very heavily on content which actually in some companies depending on their size can be its own function department and then also they have their own teams themselves but actually they have direct communication lines again into public relations, around off-page, backlink type of influencing. Um, So it's a really, really broad channel. So I think the future of it is to become broader, but outside of the Google sphere. And by that, I mean it's not just looking and thinking about what keywords do I rank on Google. It's actually having an integrated search approach where brands are actually now trying to find out how well am I doing on YouTube? How well is YouTube ranking on Google? And... what other way can I use that, that same asset for another engine? So for example, how can I trim down a 20-minute YouTube video into a TikTok 30-second video? What are the key moments that I need to get across? And essentially, once you do that, you fragmented out your search strategy into an engine-specific strategy with the same underlying goal. That is, I believe, the future of search.
0: Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Historically, you would have seen a lot of social media managers who are now finding themselves doing a lot of seo type tasks how do you put your tiktok video or your instagram reel or facebook reel or whichever how do you put the title tag on there what kind of hashtags all of these optimizations because people are searching for it it's it's not google but it's still search
1: this is it and like you know also when you think about you know, essentially, clients, if they have um, a search console, they, in essence, have on-site search data for that engine. So, for example, if you've got Bing Webmaster Tools, you then can actually see which keywords people are using on Bing to drive traffic to your site. Also, if you just marry that up and match it with your own on-site search of your website, you'll actually see that the keywords are vastly different. So... Our behavior is directly connected to the interface that we're actually looking at and engaging with. And actually, as a result, going back to your point, why on TikTok are we're searching for these other terms is purely on the basis that it's a very different engine. And therefore, our interaction and behaviors are different too. Do you think we're going to find an SEO that
0: focuses only on YouTube or TikTok or something like that down the
1: road? No, I think we're going to become more disciplined. So someone's going to own, for example, video. So you're going to have video SEO and they're going to own the TikToks, the YouTubes, the Vimo um, and become really specialist in that. But also thinking about it now, we're still quite immature. But when you start thinking about things like um, TikTok analytics, YouTube analytics, how do you connect those up? What's working on which engine? That actually becomes its own field. And critically, really starting to think about the digital asset within a company. Because ultimately going back to my point there of return on investment, you know, at the end of the day, any companies that are producing videos are putting a lot of resource, they've got digital media budgets, they've got video editors in there. They're maybe working with third party partners. They in essence want to find out if I'm spending X on videos as a digital asset. What and how can I maximize traffic from that? And what was my return on investment? So I do believe going into the future, it's going to become a lot more channel specific within SEO. And that actually does exist today. Like remarkably, one of the industries globally, I believe has always been separate, is the news, media and publications. You know, you've got specialists in there who have been doing that for years. One of the most respected guys, I think, personally is um, Barry Adams. And he's a specialist in news publishing. But you know, I think that's kind of where we're going as as a, rather than kind of been a hat or a jack of all trades, so to speak. It's more about actually I'm laser focused. I can drive this particular thing within the business because I know all of the things involved.
0: Yeah, I think Twitter kind of revolutionized the short text. Vine was a start or almost a precursor to TikTok. And I think we're we're not going to see video go away anytime soon. Yeah, you know, I was looking at Rank Ranger and they've got a lot of social analytics. They've got a lot of on-page social signals and things like that that you can see. Is that something that you think any SEO should really get into and really understand?
1: Completely. I think to be prepared for the future, SEOs today need to to do things differently. So they all have strategies. You've all got these certain things that you want to achieve. Usually it's orientated around the website and the website performing really well, but they don't look at other assets, like for example, a playlist on YouTube performing incredibly well. So it's really just to try and think about how can I look at the same things through a different lens and that'll help them prepare them for the future. And that actually then goes into your points there of things like social media analytics. How can I become more integrated, more broad with other digital teams? And that'll really, really help SEOs to truly understand how their digital footprint is performing online.
0: Couldn't have said it better myself. From an SEO standpoint, what's changed
1: since you were last doing it? Wow, good uh, question. I guess a lot has changed. You know, when I think, like you know, the other thing we often forget is that this has actually been going on about for years. Yes, Archie was the first engine from nineteen ninety, um. But actually, when you start looking at things like information retrieval, it's been going on from nineteen forty-five. Certainly, a long time since uh, I was on this planet, um. And that's basically computerized search. You know, so looking at things like um encyclopedia searching, um, all of those good things, and. I guess one of the things you can see quite clearly when you look over the years at like just algorithm updates across all of the engines, you can see they were really basic before, but now they're, they're becoming a lot more advanced, but also a lot more real time. So by that, I mean, we're actually starting to see like our data showed a lot during COVID. We actually overlaid the three lockdowns, the legal lockdowns that occurred and um, to, to stop COVID happen with Google Maps, specifically on Google UK. And what we saw is it took Google about two months to reduce the number of Google Maps after the first lockdown. On the second and third lockdown, it took them like a few weeks. So actually, they started to realise that us as entities couldn't physically go to, for the most part, a lot of stores. Therefore, as a SERP feature, reduce that particular thing. So they're starting to understand us more. So that's what I mean by real time. And actually, naturally, that brings us into being a lot more advanced. So rather than just think about this keyword is ideal for these SERP features uh, in this particular example, it's more about actually look at other factors. And that again goes back to your point earlier on about how broad we are going to become as a discipline.
0: So, talking about some of those updated algorithms, have you seen any? in the past few years that you think have been the most effective or
1: impactful? No, not really specifically. I think overall they're trying to achieve um, a goal. Like when you look at the most recent one, it's about product reviews. I think it's the second core one, certainly from Google. Um, The first one was probably December of um, last year, and now it's come out again almost six months after. And what you can see is, again, it's just like a l- another little enhancement. But what's interesting about that is, come back to that real-time comment, you know, ultimately reviews are all user-generated content. Ultimately, they, they're created all the time. Google is now really trying to understand what people are saying, literally now, and to better understand what is actually a good product to rank, for example, and what are actually good characteristics that you know people are talking about and that can really help them to understand and and present us really good reliable authoritative results
0: i think google's been doing a pretty good job with really cleaning up the spam i mean a few years back it was pretty obvious some of the people that were doing things that those sites shouldn't have ranked and i feel like page one is pretty solid now completely so i wanted to just ask you a couple other questions just in general what other parts of seo are really interesting to you
1: so serp features as you can probably tell i love them purely on the basis it's just how we interact and find information i think they're the most underrated thing within the seo space i think we're still too obsessed with classic ranks on scales and actually the things that can move the needle are actually getting into the nitty-gritty details but critically for me is all around behaviors that's ultimately is of course why SERP features them exist as well but like we're very complex people you know you and I can do a search ultimately and find the same page but we use very different terms we need to think a lot more about the buyer's journey I always go on about that alongside integrated search wherever I can because I do think when you get those two things locked down and you have a good understanding of what they are your actual overall strategy improves enormously so you're going away from let's change a title let's change a heading and so on it's more about actually what is the search you're searching for now if they were to find this particular post? What are they going to search for next? Therefore, what other types of content do I need to create and optimize for so that I can start thinking about the user journey and flow on my website? And critically for me to become an authoritative source and an expert EAT content in this particular thing.
0: What do you think most marketers are missing on that journey? I think, again,
1: you've got immaturity. So when we say like SEO managers, I feel like a lot of um, SEOs are reading different things. Some SEOs are even testing things. Other ones are just still in the same lane, if you like, that they have been in for a few years. They're just doing the same thing in a different company. And I think really that the big test for us going forward as a whole community is for things like this to continue, which is podcasts, it's community conversations, it's really sharing knowledge. But for us really to be thinking about We're not sure of what the next big thing is. Like, we don't even know what the next TikTok is going to be. So, for us, really to start sharing best practices and really starting to sharing top tips of of even what we're discussing today around like what things should we be talking about um, and more about the future.
0: Yeah, I've always felt like Google rewards you for anything that you have to put time into. So, quality content, original imagery, video podcast, things like that, Google is going to reward you for
1: that because it's not just
0: auto-generated.
1: Absolutely. And that, that's the thing. Again, it's, it's user-centric. But interestingly, you know, the, yes, the engine set guidelines as an essence for the SEO community. I think I actually just read Today, this morning coming in, I am actually going to probably tweet about it. It's basically where someone was looking at medical doctors were looking at YouTube results for cataracts, which is like when you're got a visual impairment. And what they actually found was in their analysis, granted it's of one study, they found there was no information for parents of children who actually had cataracts or needed to get a surgical operation done. So it goes back to another point of what I love about search and uh, moving away from the user is actually around biases towards the results. So engines have got really good at ranking good websites. But one thing they haven't really figured out yet it's hard I have good, diverse results for a range of different users. And I think one of the things we often hear in the SEO space is, you know, always focus on the user. So that's why you've got updates like Core Web Vitals. That's all around page speed. It's good for the user. But actually, when you start looking at some of the results... The results actually aren't good for all users themselves. So actually, there's I come back to that point around immaturity. There's a lot of stuff to be done on both the practitioner and the engine side to really help us to see how we can truly create strategies for users.
0: Yeah, I think the most that Search is doing is geographic-based, and that's about it.
1: Yeah, indeed so.
0: As we talk about creating original content, I've been seeing this as a theme in a lot of the talks I've been doing, what is your thought on some of the new AI tools that are helping generate content?
1: Yeah, no, I don't like them at all. And I think as well, this actually goes back to the point around search engine bias. You know, arguably a lot of that, a certain proportion of it is based on AI to a certain extent. And I think, you know, years ago, it wasn't very good inputs, but it's still running off those old school things, which is why in this example, there was no information for parents. We had kids who needed to get cataract operations. Um, essentially, if you don't feed the machine correctly, you're going to get you know, garbage in, garbage out. But I think really content goes back to that point earlier of thinking about what's next. You know, It's not just about writing that blog post today just because a brand or one of your competitors is writing a blog post once a week. Stop doing that. That's creating more noise out there. I think these AI content generators are doing that on a massive scale you're in essence not doing anything it's unique and going back to your point um philip which is all around like you know google rewards you when you have your own video your own images your own text your own content that actually still can only be done by a human you know on the flip side i don't think you and i would go to a surgeon that was 100 percent computerized there are tasks today that need to be done by humans and content writing is 100 percent one of them There's almost an
0: obvious difference when you read between the two. And it's fine if it's just a general overview of this is what something is. And it's more like a regurgitation of a Wikipedia page. It's different when you get that personalized information that's about this particular company that's unique to them. The last thing I wanted to close on here, I just wanted to ask you, what was some of your favorite things that you've done? in SEO marketing and also being on the software side of things
1: what do you enjoy most about that oh I absolutely love working in the software again accidentally I get into the world of SEO actually through academia I actually studied um, information science so like that, that was kind of what, what I fell into um, I actually accidentally <laughs> joined a search engine class and thought it would just be okay to do but I wanted to become a teacher and then I kind of found out more about engines so for me the exact same thing happened actually with Software. Um, I now love it. I love getting involved with things like what else can you do with the same data set? The product team will want to come back and, and get validation from users. Like, what are users looking for? What else would they be doing as a practitioner? So, that bit I absolutely love. When it comes to client facing interactions, one of my biggest probably big things that I've done is work with a huge, big multinational brand and really helped them to develop at scale how how they were performing. So what we did is a lot of standardization of keyword groups. Every single market in this particular company was tracking the same localized, translated keywords so that they could properly understand how big is my brand, whereas which countries have the most search volume for those branded and non-branded keywords. And that really helps them to map out at a country and global level, where are the opportunities? And I think all of these things are, um, going back to that point again um, earlier on, are really challenging us as a community and industry and really seeing what else we can do differently.
0: The sheer amount of data that some of these enterprise companies have and just trying to understand it can be such a challenge. Absolutely. We've got a few people here that are just starting to break into the industry. Any kind of advice for someone who's just getting into marketing?
1: Yeah, I would definitely think look at marketing because the way SEO is going is it's got that integrated. It's got a lot of fragmentation involved. Um, A lot of old school things are still really useful to know. So, you know, even a basic things like just understanding good lingo within the marketing place. For example, above the line and below the line, what's the difference? Like That's still really important. For anyone specifically that's getting into SEO, I would definitely be encouraging them to read websites like SEO Roundtable, which has all the latest things that are actually occurring, run by primarily Barry Schwartz. And then also you've got other websites like Search Engine Land, Search Engine Watch. Within those websites, you've got SEO 101s. Definitely to check those out and really help you, know, you to understand what this whole new world is. I think um,
0: educating yourself, there's so much information out there, no excuses to learn about it.
1: hundred percent. And a little personal plug, actually, that we're doing, um, I actually recorded a uh, SEO series of YouTube clips that will be going live in a few weeks. So it's going to break down in eight short videos what SEO is, right through to all the main parts of it, including actually um, integrated search. Wonderful. I'll go ahead and make sure that's added onto the show notes when that goes live hundred percent i'll ping it your way
0: appreciate it well gerald i really appreciate you coming on the show thanks very much for thanks having for me here. yeah thank you for your insights and i think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of this hundred
1: percent hope i hope they do and let me know if we could do anything else cheers philip thank you, thank you. thanks